Well, welcome along to the FreeBets.com Oddswatch Racing Podcast. I'm Ed Quigley, Longshot Ted, of course. Delighted to say, as ever, I'm joined by eight-time champion jockey and FreeBets.com ambassador Peter Scudamore. Scoot, you well? Very good. Good afternoon. Are we afternoon? Yes, it's gone past one o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, afternoon. Good afternoon. Past 12 o'clock, yeah. You've been, you've been getting t- ready for Christmas, yeah. Got the tinsel out. Tinsel out. You've been ticking over since the, uh, the Q&A we did, and has your Christmas shopping been complete yet? Thankfully, they've shut all the shops here, so that saved me a few quid. And um, yeah, look, okay. we live, I think I alluded it to it last time, we live in this rather strange bubble that racing carries on uh, as long as it possibly can. Um, and so this is no different to any other Christmas for us, whereas, look, I thoroughly enjoy it, but it's not a party time for us. We, it, it's a time we have to work harder because... Some people have holiday, you know, a bit of a holiday and uh, a break. Some of the lads, so we we're having to all hands the pumps, as they say. And yeah, so look, um, we feel rather martyrish sometimes when uh, on a Christmas morning that you've uh, muck a few out, ride one or two, and go in and have your mince pies. You feel yeah. you deserve them. Oh, absolutely, indeed. And uh, Alan, I mean, have you got sucking to mince pies yet? I mean, you're you're you deserve a few on the basis of your tipping front for December. Uh, how's things going yourself? Yeah, it's been a um, it's been a strange lead up to Christmas. Um, I mean, what I would normally do this time of year is it would be a, a visit to the pantomime with the grandchildren, um, a Christmas meal somewhere, uh, a visit to the Tyneside Cinema to see "It's a Wonderful Life" for the fifty-something time. Um, obviously, none of that this time, but. Um, it is the, what it is. and You've got the DVD out instead, have you? Is that the uh, dusted it off? Like? Yes, all the DVDs ready, yeah. <laughs> it's just a question of when to watch it. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I, yeah. I prefer it on the big screen, though, but, uh, you know, that's the way it is, I suppose, yeah. It's the way the world indeed. But anyway, uh, most importantly, uh, you're both safe, and it's great to see you uh, in good spirits. And, uh, of course, I mentioned Odds Watch Racing, of course, which is powered by freebets.com. That is our social media channels for racing, if you like, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, of course, don't forget to uh, check those out. Well, of course, you'll get Alan's tips and you'll get the insights of eight-time jockey Peter Scudamore with his regular column as well. And of course, look, please do enjoy Christmas. And if you do enjoy a bet, I'm obliged to say, please do gamble responsibly. Right. Uh, that's all out of the way. Without further ado, we'll get on to the absolute Christmas cracker, of course, which is uh, the King George on December the 26th. And um, look. It's not as big a field as we've used to <coughs> in the past necessarily, but uh, nonetheless, uh, some really, really high-class entries. We'll, cu- we'll kick off with you first, Alan, on this occasion. Uh, Paul Nichols has gone on record saying he's finding it very hard to split his two protagonists. You could almost argue he's got one hand on the trophy here with Klanderzobo and Surname. Uh, first question, which of those two do you prefer? And B, do you see it lying between those two? If not, where do you go for your King George winner? Well, I much prefer Klanderzobo. Um, as opposed to Cernium. No logical, I mean, obviously, Cernium's the highest rated horse in the race, so you, you can't get away from that. I just, I think Clander's Orbo is obviously, I mean, no horse wins the King George without being suited by the race. Uh, it's won the race twice. Um, the race has a history of um, multiple winners, the likes of Desert Dog and Kato Star. The King George is definitely Clander's Orbo's race as opposed to Cernium. The thing is, combine the odds of the two, and you're probably looking at something like four to nine. Would, would you want to take four to nine about either of them winning the race? Um, 
I'd much prefer to have an H-way bet. I mean, there's nine runners, so there's there's plenty of scope for an H-way bet. And lost in translation, eight to one for me has to be the H-way bet. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, the horses ran badly twice. Once in this race last year when it pulled up. Obviously, something wrong last year. I mean, it was 15 to eight, and it just didn't perform at all. And it had a break then and then ran a cracking race in the Gold Cup. Um it won the Betfair Chase last year when the ground was in its favour. This year, obviously, the ground wasn't in its favour. And I think you can just totally put a line through that race. If you ignore those two runs, um, it has to be bang there. Um, I mean, as a novice, it beat, um, it beat uh, top of the game six lengths as a novice um, at Aintree. Um, I mean, it's running the Gold Cup. And... Another thing is it's, it ran so badly in the Betfair chase, it probably ended up having an easier race than Clan de Zorbo, mm. who obviously was bang there until jumping the last. Um, I know there's been, you know, there's been a few weeks for it to get over, but I just think it ate to one. Um, do, you worry the, about, do, you, do you worry about Kempton as his track? Quite no, a tight, um, not no, really, no, no, no. I think the track will suit it. Um, and I just think if there's no excuses this time, yeah. I mean, Kempton have said the worst the ground's going to be on the day is good to soft. Yeah. Um, no excuses this time. If it doesn't perform, fair enough. But it's, it's got a lot going for it this time, I think. And it eight to one, lost in translation at its best. It's hard to say it being out of the first three. No, that's a fair point. And I suppose we should also add that, that Collins is our team, well documented, have been under somewhat of a malaise the last couple exactly. of months. So, I mean, would they have three winners in two months? However, Mr. Malarkey went in recently yeah. and a couple of theirs are just starting yeah, to fire at the right Yeah, definitely starting time. to pick up now. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So that's all reasons for optimism. Uh, Scoo, coming to you, do you think this lies with Nichols or elsewhere? Well, as ever, Alan, I thought he might disagree with me. I thought he might go to surname. I don't know why. Uh, but I, I thought clans, everything is in clans. There's everybody's favour. He's won two King George and I think he's run, run the best trial. Um. I'm pleased to see Santini in it because I mean, I'm not saying he'll be suited by the track or the race or anything like that, but it, it makes it a little bit more exciting. Mm. Um, they have to get their pace right. The jockeys, Cobb, Harry Cobden on surname, you know, obviously he will think he has more speed than surname than Clanstow. I see that again. Harry Cobden riding surname will think he has more speed than Clans de Zobo. If he makes it an out-and-out, I'm guessing, or probably, as long as Froden doesn't take him on too much, that he will make the run and sign in. Now, he'll want to be piling them up behind him um, to uh, make sure that they don't go too quick and make it into a real stayers race. When you ride as a jockey, when you go to Wincanton, when you go to Aintree, when you go to Kempton or the top classes, you're always aware that they're quick tracks. And therefore, I think very often you you get a true run at these tracks because jockeys go, go a quick gallop at them. So Cobden will want to be out there slowing the race up. The race, I'm guessing that Sam will start on, Clancy's elbow will start taking him on Along the back there, um, one you at Kempton, I don't describe it. You go under the, you turn away from the stands, 
You've got two fences and you go under the two and a half mile gate. And that's where the race really starts, I think. And you have to be careful because the first down the back, they just they do turn over at it, especially down the in, on the in, inner there. There's a slight drop. You just need to get that first right. Um, and then they'll be extending all the way down the back. And then, so if he gets his, his uh, you know, the, the Americans and smart people call it fractions. I mean, you know, we call it pace, you know. If he gets his pace wrong, then it comes back into Santini's hands. We've we've looked at, um, I've seen horses. I remember when I rode Bo Ranger against Desert Orchid there. Supposedly, legend had it, somebody recorded it. We went faster over the first two furlongs than it did in the Guineas. That let, set it up for the stayer and the French horse to come and beat Desert and Orchid and those. So the pace is important. And uh, I'm pleased Santini runs and makes an exciting net, uh, race. Uh, yes, lost and translation. Yeah, I tipped him last year. I think he's a magnificent horse. You said you know, he's one on a sharp track. He's one right-handed. There is a cloud over him. That's He's beaten plenty last time but he ran a great race in the gold cup um so it, it's more interesting because of santini and in land lost in translation coming out because the iris haven't come across so it makes it more interesting but i have come up with a long-winded way of saying exactly what i'll end in clances over and lost in translation but lost in translation santini there's not much between them is there what are they 170 uh, eight-year-olds, eight, and yeah, there's there's nothing to split them. So, but he ran against Santini. Must you know, he's run poorly last time, hasn't he? You know. Well, yeah, I mean, you would argue as well. Perhaps uh, Santini wouldn't necessarily be suited to the track. And the cynical side of me uh, thinks perhaps he's own running here, so Champ can run in the Cotswold Chase. But um, yeah. that's just yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, just, that's just that's just my conjecture. Anyway, yeah. uh, how about so uh, we're going Clanders over for you, Scoo? Would that be the? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'll, Clanders I'll over and. And Alan, just before we do move on, um, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned your Ryanair anti-post bet real still here. Mm-hmm. He, he would have to have a squeak, wouldn't he? Well, I mean, I can see it run, running well, but maybe the stamina might just give out in the straight. Right. Was he disappointed um, last time? No, no. I think, I mean, that was his first run for Paul Nichols. Um, pretty much what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting too much. I think we'll see a different horse as the season progresses. Right, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so we're going to go, with, yeah, lost in translation each way uh, for Alan and Clanders Oboe for Scoo. I'm, I, I was with Monoly Antipost, um, so that went well. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm tentatively with Clanders Oboe, but I think it's just a, a race to sit and enjoy. I wouldn't be surprised mm. to see St. Calvados shaped nicely. I think he could um, easily end up in a gold cup, but he'll probably need the run uh, on, the, on the comeback from injury. Right, we'll shuffle on to the rest of Kempton and we'll try and rattle through these. There's some... Excellent races, not necessarily all betting heats it has hasten mm. to add, but Corto Star novices, uh, Alan, uh, Shamblue potentially against the big breakaway. Uh, this looks a bit of a, a cracker, will be at small field. Yeah, what time um, race is this? Sorry to be so what time race? Oh, I'm looking God. through my you've even got me there, but I, novices say, chase. I got it. Yeah, I got two, it. Ra- yeah. two races before the King George, yeah. 150, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah I got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think the uh, crucial thing here is jumping. I mean, uh, Shan Blue has been so impressive with its jumping so far. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's looked like a you know a real professional. Whereas the big breakaway for me hasn't really taken defences yet. Um, it's obviously got an engine, but um, I'd be surprised. Um, it'll it'll have to improve. 
substantially on its run at Exeter last time. Indeed. Um, I suppose yeah. you could argue val- valid excuses given the fact they dropped him back to two, three and a half. True. There, yeah, but yeah. It, yeah, just the impression is that it's not a natural at this stage. No, and uh is. Yeah, I mean Shamblu has barely touched the twig. Obviously, That's the big right. break, the big breakaway you could argue would hold Shamblu on hurdling form, but obviously yeah. this is now yeah. chasing. Yeah. And then um we throw in if the cat fits and then Rio, Scoo, uh, small but select field. Where, where are you going? With with the big breakaway, um what he's not an imposing typical type of chaser, though I think he's won his point of point. I I don't know. I, I, it's only that when he ran at Exeter, I really looked at him and I thought, gosh, just on the telly, I haven't seen him. Yeah, he's a point of point winner. Right? You know, he's not a massive type of horse. Um, so I get what Alan's saying. The only, you know, Thomas rides quite a lot for the Colin Tizard and he said they, you know, they quite often run these stairs over the shorter trips. Um, and feel that it brings them on. So I don't think he lost a huge amount in defeat. It's, although he was beaten fairly comfortably, I, you know, probably you know a little bit below par, but it's quite hard. So I think you'd have to respect them. I mean, it's a pretty Kaluki. He was disappointing last time, but Philip's horses, you know, I know that. Time he'll run a good race at Asker, but really been firing on all frames. I think it's a fairly open race, uh, two to one. Chamblou, yes. I mean, unanimous verdict for Chamblou from both of you. With yeah, yeah, think so. Unless you've yeah, got anything, anything I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll go. I'll go the big breakaway. <laughs> Right, big breakaway. Just to yeah, keep keep things interesting. I mean, the big breakaway. He do, he does look exciting. But just, I think this again. Uh, <clears throat> Alan made a good point in terms of lost in translation. I think in regards to the big breakaway, there's no excuses here. It's gonna be good soft ground, three miles, a small field. Uh, he's got to get his jumping right. The, the yard are coming back into form. This is the day to see it click, and I'd, I'd like to see him click actually yeah. because yeah. he does he does remain exciting. But yeah, Shamblu has looked electric over his fences so far. And, uh, definitely one to watch. Uh, the Christmas hurdle. Move on to uh, Epiton around the kind of one to three mark. Uh, we won't spend too long on this because it's, if she jumps around, it's hard to see her being turned over, isn't it, Scoop? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Everything's in her favour. The track's in her favour. So, yeah. She wins. She, she, wins. she, she wins comfortably, doesn't she, when the price reflects it. Just to play devil's advocate, Alan, is there any scenario here where you could see a bit of an upset member Bouverdere being turned over at really short odds? And this a couple of years ago, when it turned into a real messy, of, it was a small field, it almost turned into a bit of a tactical fan, and they just did, it was a two furlong sprint, and it all kind of went a bit belly up. But uh, can you see any kind of silly scenario here, or just uh, straightforward for uh, the champion hurdle winner? Well, it's it's epitante to lose, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's, it's funny, it's, isn't it, Alan? I just yeah. think having ridden in. This is like going back to the old days when I was riding that mm-hmm. the um, <clears throat> champion hurdle trials are such messy affairs, you know. Um, but I, I think, you know, they'll drop Epitanti in, but she, she looks pretty straightforward. Silver Streak will be held up, but Valley Andy will go on, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Floressa, well, they might re- re- use that as a pacemaker. What no. they so so um, it's hard to say any yeah, tactics that would. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll if, get if to Floresta really, goes yeah. on, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So look, the Floresta will be the pacemaker. They'll go good gallop, and uh, 
you can bet on the distances here. Well, and I suppose the good thing with Epitant as well is she does have that natural turbo that if she did is get it Epitant any... that's right. or Epitant? Well, that's I know oh, we've been having oh, no, this debate, but <laughs> I better contact John. Where yeah. I come from is Epitant. Epitant, yeah, I better contact yeah, uh, John Hunt or Richard Hoyles to get the uh, official verdict. But but nonetheless, she does have such a good turn of foot that even if she found herself in a little bit of trouble, she's got such natural speed and she's yeah. so quick over obstacles. It's um, it looks she looks most likely winner. And then I suppose you know, we're looking between Silver Streak and Bally Andy to follow her home. Um, unfortunately, from a betting perspective, it's not all that exciting. But no, Epitant no. wins, and then I suppose uh, a price contracts even more. For Presbury in March, and I suppose that's all we, we, all we can have with that. Uh, we'll move on to the next day, and again, uh, some really exciting action we've got here, haven't we? Um, bit of the Nicky Henderson show, hopefully. Um, I had uh, we've got the wayward lad, obviously, Shishkin back over fences, of course, absolutely pulverized uh, the opposition on chase debut over course of distance, and Alan. Uh, a formality, or are we getting a bit carried away on the basis of one start over fences? Again, if she if if Shishkin jumps as well as um, he did at Kempton last time, um, can't really say getting bait. I, I think Gumball will give it a nice lead, and it should be pretty straightforward. Array. With with a clay round of jumping, it's, it should be straightforward. I was going to say, would you, do, would you do trebles and stuff on these odds on Alan? Do you no. ever do that? No, no, no. You can't I mean, buy money then. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have to go back to work. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to flag up the fact Gumball is no mug at all. And on RPRs, no. I see he's only six pounds below Shishkin on what he's yeah. achieved so far. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, it's just the way the race is going to be run. You imagine, as you alluded to there, Alan, you imagine Gumball tearing off in front, setting searing gallop. And as long as Shishkin's jumping holds up under what should be a stronger pace, he should right. just be able to come through at the end. And yeah, I suppose the only thing is if. If Gumball gets, obviously, will make the running, I think. And that could put um, Shiskin's jumping under pressure. Um, if that does happen, um, you know, we could say a shock. But uh... Yeah, but do you think, we're talking about several of these horses, King George is slightly different, but Epitant to Shiskin. Okay, let's concentrate more on Shiskin. We're, this is the change in the guard. This is, we'll talk about Ultoire in a minute, but, you know, this... This could be a great horse that we're watching um, going over the fences for the second time. And though he's one to three, I, you know, sit back and enjoy him. We could mm-hmm. be seeing the beginning of history. Um, you know, we've got great horses in Ireland. But in, and that good horse of Nicky's that want to ask, what's the horse want to ask at the other day? That looked very good. But this, a lot, yeah. You know, that, that was, this was a, this beat a very, very good supreme novices at uh, Cheltenham last you know, it's a very, very good field. I mean, it's good as I'd seen for some time. And, you know, if he was, he'd be third favourite for the Jamman Hurdle if he went for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that they've decided to go straight over fences with it rather than go for the Champion Hurdle, as you said, it would have to be a leading fancy for the Champion Hurdle if they decided to stay over hurdles. Um, the fact that they've gone chasing, you know, that, that's how much uh, belief they have in the horse, I think. Yeah, it all looks fairly straightforward for Shishkin. Hopefully, uh, just some, a racing fan, we see him ping round and win, and uh, then he'll be pretty much odds on for the Arco in March uh, on, on the back of that. Um, speaking of big stable stars from Seven Barrows, obviously at 2.30, uh, it's the Labrick's Desert Orchid chase. Altior, all being well, we see back on a race course. Uh, you could argue to some extent now his job's been made a little bit easier by the travel ban, which means uh, the mayor put the kettle on 
will not be taking part and is rerouted to Leopardstown instead. Nonetheless, uh, it's a decent field, potentially Rouge Vif mm-hmm. and So Royale and Duke de Geneva and a couple yeah. of others lining up in here. Uh, Alan, uh, I mean, where do you stand, Valtteri? It was on the eve of his 11th birthday. Have you seen any evidence so far to put you off him? Or is it a case of, as the old boxing analogy goes, a, a boxer becomes old overnight and we, we probably won't know Altior is on the decline until we actually see it on the race course itself? Yeah, I mean, there's no evidence whatsoever at the moment. You know, I mean, it, there's only that one defeat against Surname. Then it came back and won the game spirit. Um, so on the track, there's no evidence whatsoever that it's deteriorating. Um, I think this will be crucial, though. I think we'll, we'll have a a much better idea um, if it's a same Altior. Uh, because it, it, isn't a, um, it isn't a foregone conclusion. I mean, Jude de Geneva on his first run for Paul Nichols ran an absolute corker um, at Cheltenham against um, Put the Kettle On. And um, Rouge Vic, Viv is, uh, you know, I mean, there's not, there's not many better two-milers than it. So Royale if it decides to go for the race as well. I mean, it's a, it's a cracking race. And again, I think it's a one to watch rather than get involved in uh, from a betting perspective. Yeah, we're not perming up the seven barrows uh, treble as uh, was no. asking <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah. the, the uh, epitons out yours of Shishkins. But uh, I mean, just racing itself, uh, obviously there was a lot of pressure on Nicky Henson regarding the ground and sand down. Yeah. Again, I've just always glass half full. It'd just be lovely to see Altio actually just come out and just destroy the field. Personally, yeah. I think that'd just be absolutely great to yeah, see. And uh, going into his uh, 11th year as a racehorse, obviously, I mean, Moscow Flyer won a champion chase at 11. Mm-hmm. It's not That's done right. very often, oh, yeah. uh, that yeah. time, but it would be great to at least have him going into the spring at, at what perceived to be the peak of his powers. And we can all, mm-hmm. all look forward to something in 2021, which is um, what we're all trying to do at the moment, to be mm-hmm. fair, it has to be said. So uh, anything else, Alan, on the... On the, at the Sunbury venue uh, across the two days. Anything else at Kempton which we should keep an eye out for? Um, I've got one in the handicap on the, um, on the Boxing Day. Um, Fantastic. It's actually ridden by uh, Peter's son as well, Tom. Uh, it's in the 115, the um, Limited Novices Handicap Chase. Yeah. It's at Top Weight, uh, which is um, Hold the Note. It's around about 10 to 1 mark at the moment. I see, for Mick Channon, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's had three runs this season and it's been a little bit disappointing, but it's been running over further this season and um, it ran in this race last year and it was quite fancied and it got almost brought down by a horse of Venetia Williams at the 10th and uh, pulled up after that. Then it ran in a grade two at Warwick. It got about half a length off two for gold, the horse of uh, Kim Bailey's. And then it went to Cheltenham for the Novices Handicap there. Finished third behind Imperial Aura. Yeah, it's good form. Yeah, and yeah. that was off 145. It's now 140. And right. it's back over the same trip for the first time since then. Right, and so yeah. down the trip, looks well treated and has some good form going back a few runs ago. Yeah, I think it's got a lot going for it. And um, funnily enough, there's a, there's a little bit of a comparison between it and um, Cloth Cap in that the only difference is it's at the top of the handicap, Cloth Cap was at the bottom. But um, it likes to be up with the pace. And I just think if Tom can get it jumping the way he did Cloth Cup in the uh, Ladbrook, uh, it's every chance of making all, I think. Oh, fantastic. So that's the 115 at Kempton. 115 at Kempton. On, on Boxer Day. Yeah, that is, oh, St. Stephen's Day for any Irish uh, viewers. But that is, yeah, hold the notes, Mick Chan and Tom Scudamore. Uh, Scoo, yourself, anything you want to flag up? Will you just be getting involved with the Christmas pudding? Yeah, I just, well, Alan knows the. For my, I, I'm looking forward to Chepstow, really. That's what my, um, um, we've got a few 
cup of Weatherby, but uh, one at Weatherby, but we've got a horse called Sean Savar at Weatherby would have an each way chance, stepping up to his trip for the first time. Excellent. Uh, and well, you've mentioned Chepstow, excited about that. We'll yeah. move on to that now then, Scoo. Uh, kick us off then. I mean, we'll go to the Welsh, Welsh Grand Nationals, probably as good a place as any to go to. Uh, well, always that's a, what I was hoping. Always a war of a trip yeah, in this. Yeah, um, good horses win it, and a Gold Cup horses win it. It was, you know, the, the the face of the race has changed, which we talked about last time with more Gold Cup trials, but the Gold Cup horses don't come into it. Um, Evan Williams' secret reprieve is favourite. We run a horse in this called Big River. He is 20 to 1, and I'd advise a little each way bet on him. He's been fourth and fifth round Cheltenham in a, in a, at the festival, uh, I think this track will suit him better. Um, he loves the soft ground. He stays. And his fences will suit him a bit better. Um, if he can reproduce his Cheltenham form, he'll be thereabouts. No, excellent. Big river around the 20 to 1 mark. Of course, as you say, stays all day. I remember him coming up the Cheltenham Hill uh, yeah. strongly. Uh, and yeah, it was yeah. the ultimate handicap, wasn't it, off the top of my head? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This year's Cheltenham. Yeah. So stamina is definitely what you're going to need to win this, the name of the game. And yourself, Fallon? Yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, Big Big River was on my shortlist. But um, some interesting stats. Out, out of the last 22 Welsh Nationals, um, 15 winners have carried 10 stone 8 or less. Out of the seven that uh, carried more than that, uh, two of them, Synchronised and Native River, went on to win the Gold Cup. Hmm. Um, there's no Gold Cup winner in the race this year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've pretty much concentrated on those towards the bottom end of the handicap. Yeah, and I have a theory, and I, yeah, and it may be stupid, that in these, you know, in these long distance chases, and then the favourite has got ten one. I think mm-hmm. weight doubles towards mm-hmm. the end of yes, the, yeah. So Definitely. you yeah. see, obviously, going to give me many examples, mm-hmm. but you know, when we're entering our races, we try to. I've, and then at the lower class level, like Schwanzwald runs at Weatherby, a low class race. I prefer to be at the top of the handicap in a bad race mm-hmm. once you get into these long yeah. distance cases yeah. chases like the in an ordinary long distance chases like cloth cap in the hennessy because you know I, i've said already that these races are different than they used to be because the gold cup horses aren't in them now but without the gold cup horses in them the gold cup horses can go and carry these weights in the the uh, big handicaps but a lot of these are exposed now it's Secret reprieve. I was interesting to read what he's favourite. He's number 18. He's trained by Evan Williams and Evan's on a fantastic run, but he is six years of age. It, it's a, it, uh, he may be a very, very good horse and come mm-hmm. through as a gold cup horse. 10 1 on his back, great chance. But I just think horses like this, novices, it, it, it's a war. You know, you've talked about war of attrition, you know, from that last and the back the last time. It's, it's a different game. The whole rate, the face of the race changes. And I think it suits some of these older, tougher horses mm-hmm. with lighter weights on their back. Definitely. Yeah. OK, so with that in mind, uh, Alan, you're <coughs> concentrating, I presume, then at the bottom yeah. of the weights. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Sigrid uh, Reprieve has an obvious chance. The only thing is, would you prepare to take seven to two, which is a best price seven to two? Now, about the horse that it was impressive at Chepstow last time, but this is seven furlongs farther. Um, it's never been over this far before. So, you know, you're taking a chance on it actually getting the trip. I mean, I've, I've been backing a horse for this race for the last month 
uh, since the prices first came out, starting at 35 to 1. And it's now 10 to 1, and that's Christmas in April. Mm. Um, Colin Tizard, yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's already won two nationals. It won, albeit minor nationals, it won <laughs> the Sussex National and the Devon National. Now, the Devon National was run over the same trips, three miles, six and a half furlongs, on heavy ground. Um, it, it stays forever. Um, it's got no weight to carry. It jumps well. It's only got 10 stone three. I mean, it pretty much ticks all the boxes. Plus the fact that um, Colin Tizard had quite a few entries in the race. He relies on this. Um, the race is now named in honour of his daughter, who sadly died earlier this year. It just, everything seems to point to a crack and run from Christmas in April. And, um, you know, I think it's got a lot going for it. The only, the only slight doubt is who's going to ride it. Um, I mean, you would think John Joe O'Neill Jr. Um, it's got 10 stone three. Um, the lightest weight he's carried this year is 10 stone six. Mm. Question of, does he, does he skip his Christmas dinner? Or, you know, does he, does he spend Christmas Day in the sauna? Um, or does he put up three pound overweight? Um, but, you know, no jockey's been booked for it yet. But I think that they probably have a little bit of a dilemma at the moment as, you know, whether, the, whether John Joe Nail Jr. keeps the ride or whether they maybe go for a decent claimer and claim. Tom O'Brien Tom, Tom won a Welsh National. He's, he's, already, he's already got a mount in the race, uh, Peter. Um, I had, um, I've had a look round to see who could possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might miss miss Christmas dinner myself. Another <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one jockey I would like to see is GM's best, who I think rides these long distance chases very well. Um, who normally rides walk in the park, and uh, he's got a mount in an earlier race, carrying ten stone at Chepstow. Um, is Robbie, what... Robbie in Ireland? Is Robbie Power in Ireland? Is he? I'm trying to look. He's riding lost in translation at Kempton. That's on the 26th. Would yeah, he be at Kempton on the 26th? And he said, I think he's there on the 27th as well. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Powell Jr. I'm just throwing names out now, which I know. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. He, he, yeah. He, he, had, he, he had the tin tag, but he's back in there, isn't he? You know? uh -huh. So, um, anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. So, uh, the aptly named what could be a Christmas in April. Exactly. Uh, for, for Colin Tizard. Uh, I'm just going to throw one in here again, similar to you, Alan, in the sense that. Want horses that grind it out and stay. And uh, Bobo Mack for Tom Simmons, who's been mm. having a, a really good start yeah. to this season. I thought you ran a real eye-catching race last time yeah. in the Welsh National Track Ride Secret Reprieve because it was his first start for 263 right. days. Travelled uh -huh. really well pretty much until about two out and then just got tired. And as I say, that was his first run for eight months on the back of wind operation. Mm. And he's just shaped in recent times as I think he just wants... He'll just gallop on the one pace, and I just think he wants a proper test of stamina. And he's off, yeah, he's been a lot better off at the weights with secret reprieve on the back of that. And uh, yeah, we'll see anyway. He loves mud, and he'll gallop That's in right. uh -huh. three well, quarters of battle, isn't it? So, and yeah. he's only got and, 10. I narrowed it down to a short lift of five, and that was one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, so uh, we're gonna get yeah, um, Bob and Mac from myself, Christmas in April, uh, for Alan Scoo, and it's big river, isn't it? Each way around the 20th, yeah, big, big river each way, yeah. <clears throat> Big chance there for Lucinda Russell. Right. Uh, anything else at Chepstow, Alan? Well, the only other one I'm really looking forward to is Nassalem in the Coral Juvenile oh. Herd. Um, yeah. I mean, it's won two little races at Fontwell, but um, it's beaten nothing. But it's been, it's looked exciting. like exciting. another Goshen, really. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it hasn't taken on the same opposition, but 
I'll just be interesting to see how it performs in a better class race. It's a shame that uh, Duffel Court won't be coming over for the race, um, but um, it'll still be a good test. I mean, it's a grade one after all, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's Nassalam. That's in the finale, the Coral Finale Juvenile yeah. Hurdle at 140. Yeah. Uh, he'll be odds on, and as I say, very exciting horse. Uh, from what we've seen so far. Right, without further ado, we'll move on to, um, I suppose, the Irish action, we have to call it now. Uh, look, some excellent stuff going on in uh, over Ireland over the next few days. Almost too much mm-hmm. to cover, it has to be said, but we've picked out a couple of the races, uh, number one being the Savills Chase, uh, which could be really exciting. This is uh, on the this Saturday is on the, or Sunday? This is on the 28th. The Monday. The Monday. Oh. I didn't even get the right day, so that's the right <laughs> thing. <I'm> going <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we of course, we're going to have, um, like, some presenting Percy. Chris. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, presenting Percy, uh, Dow to work, obviously, Manella Indo in there as well. you got previous winner, Kenboy. Uh, this is set fair for a, an absolute belt of a race, isn't it, Alan? Uh, firstly, I don't think there's a great deal between them, official ratings to suggest that. Is that the way you view it, or do you think there's a standout performer in here? I think there's a standout performer. Go on. Um, I've only just changed my mind over ah. the last few weeks or so. But <laughs> yeah, um, I just think we could see the real presenting person now. Ah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, when you think... Fools, fools seldom differ, I think <laughs> you say that, but I, I think the same. Yeah, ah. when it won the um, RSA, um, I mean, it was so impressive there. And it, it just hasn't really followed on from there. But... Um, I mean, it ran, a, it ran a decent race at Down Royal at the first run for Gordon Elliott. But I just thought we saw um, a completely different horse last time um, when it beat um, Kenboy six lengths, I think, six or seven lengths with um, Mona Lee back as well. I mean, that, that was a cracking performance. And the fact that it was over two miles six, um, I just think we could, we, we could at last say that, you know, the presenting person that everybody thought the horse... Could have been after that uh, RSA win, um, and for me, for me, it's a standout in the race. Wow. Manella Idaho, obviously, it's a decent horse, good novice, but whether that was a vintage RSA last year against, mm. you know, I think it was a case of um, the front two stopping rather than some, rather than um, Champ, Champ actually yeah. really finishing well. Um, you know, I think presenting Percy's RSA was a lot better than last season's RSA and um, I just think see, we might we might at last say the you know the proper presenting Percy now okay two nods for presenting Percy then uh, well what we are all in agreement with is we're taking on Manel Lindo the favourite I've gone with Delta work here purely because I think this is his backyard he's three from three over fences mm-hmm. at Leopardstown I think he's perhaps in my just my opinion a bit unfairly criticised the fact that his two biggest days at Cheltenham over fences he hasn't quite you know, got it, got the job done. However, his form in Ireland is absolutely mustard. And I said, he's never lost a race at this track, including winning this race last year. So uh, given the fact he was third or fourth favourite in here, I thought he was a little bit overpriced. But uh, we're all in agreement. We're taking on Manella Indo. Uh, we have Team Gould and Elliot, shall we say. Uh, so one vote for Delta Work, two for presenting Percy. Uh, then the Matheson Hurdle. Now, Alan, mm-hmm. this is a race, of course, what you were hoping. Uh, oh God, you've got me with times here. Uh, oh, Scoot, sorry, I'm, sorry. Um, the Matheson Hood. No, you're quite right. Uh, it's on the Tuesday, isn't it? It's on the Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. that's the. It's the following day. Uh, I haven't got the. I'm still looking along on the Monday. <laughs> right, it's four days. It must 
Leverstone. Uh, seems about seven, like, <laughs> like Craig David fans, if you remember them. But uh, the two twenty-five on the Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. Now this looks brilliant. I was going. The reason why I teed you up, Alan, was uh, Concertista. Yep. They've decided to stay against the mayors, which, um, yep. I mean, a how do you view that? And b second point, I suppose. Nonetheless, this looks red hot, doesn't it? With Saint Roy, Abracadabra, Spire Tower, Charger, and Saudier all um, pretty much going to line up. Uh, an absolute wonderful encounter. Oh, tremendous! I can only assume that because William Mullins has such a stranglehold on the race. Um, He's decided to run Constatista in the mayor's race and maybe possibly running it in the Irish champion hurdle beginning of February to test whether it could end up in the champion hurdle or not. Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously a good Matheson hurdle, but I don't think we, I don't think we'll see the champion hurdle winner in it. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't think Abracadabra, St. Roy, decent horses though that are, mm. um, in fact, um, providing the ground wasn't too bad, I could see Charger beating both of them. Um, I mean, without the mayor's allowance, Charger would have run Epitante close in the champion hurdle. Um, it hasn't performed that well on the flat, bro. I think you can probably ignore that. But on its day, on its day, it's a top-class um, two-mile chaser. Um, for me, that would that would probably be the value against the two favourites. Okay, Charger each way for Alan and Scoo. Um... I mean, we've got the second and third favourites in the champion hurdle market, Andy Post at the moment, is St. Roy and Abacadabra. There was a neck between them in the Morgiana. You could argue St. Roy was a little bit unlucky, uh, missed the last hurdle on that occasion. Um, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, it's a very it's a very exciting race. It's just it's just disappointing by perhaps that the you know the top horses are not in it. Um but you, perhaps we're looking at, at guidelines towards the champion hurdle rather than the champion hurdle winner in this. Um, I mean, it's just so, a hard yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say it. Yes, you know, it's, it's you know I, I suppose we're all looking at the champion hurdle trials, but I'd be surprised if the champion hurdle, unless St. Roy was um, sadly at, so, yeah, yeah. ever. Was that ever favourite for the champion hurdle? Was it, was uh, it, it, it last it, it, year? Yeah, it bolted up on its comeback at Punchestown, didn't it? And then um, yeah. in the in the Morgiana, and then yeah. got injured subsequently. But he, he yeah. he's, he's obviously a very fragile but talented yeah. horse. But Patrick yeah. Mullins has said he uh, the aim is he will run. He's one piece. It's just a case of keeping him yeah, one yeah, piece yeah, and getting yeah. him on the track. But he appears yeah. to have a lot of class. But I mean, no, I to say it's just you've got two two of the top three in the Antipost market for Presbury Park going against each other. This is um, obviously a Spire Tower is no mug either, and. Uh, well, of course, a little upset, you should say, when beat Abracadabra's uh, down raw last time out. So, uh, I mean, would you have a strong view on this, Scoo, if you had to nail you your colours to the Well, I mean, no, I'd back a favourite. I'd back St. Royal if I had to back anything. Um, but not, you know, that's not a lot of help, is it? A lot, a lot, a lot of people could do that, you know. But, no, you okay. know. <laughs> no, but well, if, if you can't look beyond the favourite, you can't look beyond the favourite. Mm -hmm. Alan, anything else over the entire Irish feast of racing? Is there anything you'd like to flag up or standing out to you? There isn't really. I think, I mean, I've been looking at a lot of the, the races in Ireland. And again, I think it's it's pretty much like those three races at Kempton. It's watching. It's right. it's, it's it's a view to the future. Okay. Um, you know, rather than uh, trying to win a lot of money, you know, it's... Horses like Chacon Parsois, Concertista, um, 
Ballyhane. I mean, there's some tremendous horses um, out, and you know, I think it's it's a, with a view to where to how they perform as regards um, the prospects for Cheltenham. I think rather okay. than getting involved at this stage. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just throw it. Seeing as you two have been really boring Scrooges, I'll, um, <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw in a couple. Of, in the Racing Post yeah. Novice Chase on the 26th, mm-hmm. uh, I think Blackbow, a very impressive on Chase debut. Actually, look at time and everything. He's pretty much gone under the radar in, in regards to how good that was. And I think he can win this and his, his price... Is this, is this, sorry, this is the... This is the Racing Post Novice Chase on, yeah, on... Uh, on Boxer Day or St. Stephen's Day. I, th- I think he's a, he was an average hurdler in the sense that he was rated 140. He was nowhere near the class of your, your Shishkins or your Abacadabras or whatever, but he looked an absolute natural over fences. Uh, so anyway, I've just, I won't rattle on myself, but I thought I'd flag him up. I think Cider Burley will take all the beating in the three miler. Uh, that has to be said. And they'd be two I'd, I'd definitely be looking out for. And Cider Burley goes and wins that well. Uh, he'll be vying for favouritism alongside Paisley Park for the stairs hurdle. Uh, in March. So, all right, now you've got to get off the fence for, for this part here. That Look at the Christmas crackers, right? It's very straightforward. I want your best bet, your absolute banker for uh, the Christmas period, and then you're allowed anything uh, at an each-way price, something perhaps left a field to throw in uh, for a bit of fun as well. Uh, come on, Ed Scoo, you kick us off. Um, let, let, let's well, try- on the, if I have a bet on, I think, the King George will be won by the horse who went on about Clans Day, Clans de Zobo. That's my bet for the right. Clans de Zobo, your banker for the Christmas period. And are you going to put Big River as your each way play or, or something and else? Big River is my each way play. <laughs> Big River in the uh, Coral Welsh National around 20 to 1 mark. Uh, stays all day will be Scoo's each way pick. Uh, Alan, yourself? Yeah, I'm going for presenting Percy 9 to 2 for the Savile Chase. Um, I think that's the value bet. Um, and each way, it's got to be Christmas in April at 12 to 1, five <laughs> places in the, um, the Welsh National. It's a great name, isn't it? It's, uh, oh, it's a very, yeah. very apt considering oh. what's, uh, what's going yeah, on with life, uh, life at the moment. Uh, right, you've got me something now, but I'm um, I'm, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go down to work in the Savile Chase to maintain his unbeaten record at the track as my banker. Now, my best each way comes on the 27th. I'm doing everything by... Uh, numeric numerics rather than days because all the days roll into one for me at the moment so on the on the 27th at Kempton obviously a lot of eyes will be on Shishkin and Altior but in the three mile handicap chase there uh, Paul Nichols has a horse called Adjuran de Pont who I'm really looking forward to back on the track and uh, he's around the 12 to 1 mark he won the race two years ago of 144 admittedly he's been absolutely awful recently however he slipped down to 142 and he returns back to his happy hunting ground this is his gold cup if you like so I wouldn't be too surprised if he ran well uh, thanks for those of you on social media who got in touch with your best bets uh, um, Alan you actually mentioned Shaq and Poursoir. Um I believe now put the kettle on is rerouted to take yeah. on Shaq and Poursoir. Uh, Crispy's got in touch he says he he was not convinced by Shaq and Poursoir, including no. its jumping last time out uh, put the kettle on remains one of the most underrated horses in training would not be at all surprised if she turned over Shakapur so I can see the logic in that uh, she's a very very high class uh, mare and we've got Stephen he's in the camp of the Boxing Day double uh, in agreement with you here Scoo in terms of Clan de Zobo but he's putting that double with uh, so they're, they're the two favourites for the two three mile grey ones on at Kempton he thinks they're, uh, they're, they'll pay well as a good double but yeah 
lots to look forward to, almost too much action to yep. kind of um, yeah. keep, keep, keep within about a seven hour podcast. So I was actually yeah. speak, speaking to a colleague the other day. Um, there seems to be a kind of, um, you could do a, a, so anything for charity at the moment. You can go for a run, you can climb a mountain, you can go diving. I, I'm flagging up the idea of a, a 24 hour podcast. So I'd obviously Scoo, um <laughs> being a spring chicken, he'll be absolutely uh, buzzing for that one with a couple of espressos. And I thought maybe Alan, we'll, we'll try and get we'll try and get a tag team to pass the yeah. baton, and um, I'll I'll just sit here plugging myself a Red Bull, and uh, we'll, we'll try and get get through it. That sounds, no, sounds a good idea, Red. Yeah, it, it is. I think that, that there is there's definitely uh, there's definitely a, a bit of business acumen in that idea. Yeah. I think it has to be said. But look. Most importantly, look, we've got some absolute crackers over Christmas. Uh, so much quality racing to look forward to. As ever, my thanks to Alan and to Scoo for joining me. Uh, thanks for you for watching and listening at home. And uh, whatever you're doing over the Christmas period, enjoy your racing. Please stay safe. Enjoy your Christmas. Bye for now.